All right. We're here, man. Keep shooting podcast. We're back. I think the last time we did a podcast was early July, so it's been a minute. It feels like it hasn't been. It feels like to me, it feels like every day has just been one day all lumped together. But here here we are, man. If you hear my dog in the background, I apologize. She's being grumpy. Now, does she have the right to be grumpy? No, because she's not the one that's been cleaning up her own accidents every morning, you know? And not sure what's happening here with the regression. Maybe she's getting a little senile. Maybe this is just an act of I don't, I don't I don't know what it is, but she has no right to be upset with me. But if you hear in the background grumble or whatever the sound she makes, she's an English bulldog. I don't know what goes on with that. Um, that's what it, that's what it is. But anyway, man, it's been ah uh, man. I think I think July 9th was the last podcast. I, I thought. See, here's the thing. I thought, oh man, I'm going to start working for myself. I'm going to have so much time to do what I want to do. I'm going to have so much time. Uh, doesn't work that way, really. Um, actually, have I feel like I have less time, but learning to manage time, I think, is what is going to become extremely valuable in the future and something that you know I'll, I'll, I'll continue to do. I feel like I've said yes to so many things and no to very little things that um, it's been it's been a very interesting journey uh, this past month and a half since since I've I've been on here. And with that, podcasting has gone by the wayside, and that's my fault, man. That's one hundred my one hundred percent my fault. But just kind of wanted to to give an idea and fill everybody in on what's been going on with me. Not that it's it's that interesting, but I uh, on top of all the, the 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 clinics that I've been doing, and I'll, I'll recap those. Um, I've also been doing just you know the standard training training here. I've been in DC two times a week, um, so I'll start training in DC at about 8 a.m. and to get there in time what I'll do is I'll leave my house around 4 a.m. so I can get to the gym early answer subscription clients and then get and then hit the weight room because I'm still a man and then we hit the court at about 8 a.m. so usually about 8 to 11 and then make that drive home now the drive home always says it's going to be two hours but unfortunately since it's DC and there's no such thing as not tons of traffic um, that two hour drive, two and a half, two, two and a half hour drive usually turns in to about three and a half to four hours, which eats up a big chunk of the day. But you know what I mean? It, it is what it is. Um, so usually knock that out Monday, Tuesday. And then on Wednesdays, I've been working with Alex Bernard, uh, the owner of new age hoops out in Reading, Pennsylvania. And we've been doing, uh, shooting clinics every evening on Wednesdays. Uh, Reading's about an hour and a half from me. So it's not that bad. And plus the travels later on in the evening. So much more manageable, but Monday through Wednesday is really eaten up time-wise in terms of everything that goes on with, uh, with, with, the, with the training side of things. And then I've been trying to reserve uh, Thursday, Friday a lot for more individual-type sessions, although not always the easiest to, to fit in considering growing the business on the virtual side and everything like that. But like I said, it's, it's all been a learning thing, and, I, and, I'm, and honestly, I can't be anything but super grateful for all the opportunities that I've been afforded I mean, I guess I can't sit up here and be like, oh, man, it's so tough to find time to do all this stuff. Um, I feel like that's a that's a problem a lot of people want to have. But it's a lot of it's a problem that a lot of people could have, I feel like. And maybe we'll get into that a bit more um, in terms of, you know, starting to starting to build this out for yourself. But just wanted to give a brief recap of some of the clinics that I've done. Um, I was in Palm Beach, Florida in July, uh, towards the mid middle of July, I guess, July 20th, somewhere around there. Um, and then my wife and I flew in on Sunday. We did a little impromptu coaches clinic Sunday evening. And then Monday, uh, Nate Vera with Perseverance Basketball picked me up. And I, th- I believe we spoke at four or five clinics, about 30 minutes per clinic. 
Uh, always good to talk to the kids, but even better to have the little breakout sessions in which we can kind of start to go over what I do, what I what I see as you know the core fundamental aspects of, of shooting, uh, and something that you know if only just a few kids can can connect to. I, I consider that time very very well spent. And uh, if you know me and you follow what I do, I'm, I'm such a big believer in understanding the energy component and learning how to create that efficient energy right we all want the outcome associated with made shots but yet we don't focus on repeatedly being able to create the energy that produces that said outcome so that's a lot of times what my focus you know you know becomes on also you know it's, it's always nice just to be able to answer questions from the kids as they come in um, some of them have amazing questions and and surprise that surprise the heck out of you sometimes with with how you know, how deep their thoughts are and, and where they're already at in terms of, you know, wanting to improve their performance from a mental perspective. And I think it's just so cool. I, I think that there's there's always so much out there talking about how kids don't want to work or kids are this these days. And I, I don't find that. And I think I, I think largely because I'm, I'm in those atmospheres where kids want to get better, players want to get better, coaches want to get better. And when you kind of put that out in the world, generally those those same type of people are going to find you, and and that's what I find so so cool about it. Also, uh, with perseverance, um, man, probably one of the coolest facilities I've ever seen. Nate bought this older warehouse and and completely transformed it, and it's it's beautiful. The color schemes, the branding, you get to learn so much by being on the road and being in places that you're not overly familiar with, in terms of how people have built their business. And huge shout out to Nate and what he's been able to build there with perseverance there in, in palm beach because i mean he's he's absolutely crushing it and it's and it's not surprising um considering how hard he works so me even you know jumping around from clinic to clinic you know uh, i'm watching him bounce around these are all clinics that he's that he's putting on and that he has staffed with not just ordinary staff but people that really really know what they're doing so it's just a it's just really cool to see and there's it's, it just falls in line with this idea there's no accidents to, to success, right? Like we, we all want, say we want things, but yet when it's actually time to do the work, how many of us are really willing to do so? So amazing time out there. And then on Tuesday evening, I got to, I got to do a clinic. Uh, I got to do my own little clinic at Kaiser University, which was beautiful. I think we had like 30, 35 kids and that, that gym is just incredible. And I really got to dive into everything for about two hours. My man, Andrew Secor from Make Shots LLC, was there in town celebrating his anniversary with his wife. So I got to chop it up with him a little bit, which was really cool. Um, awesome, awesome guy. And if you're not if you're not following him at Make Shots LLC, he also has a podcast, Make Shots LLC podcast. And uh, and really cool. Just I mean, all, like I said, like just connecting with people that are, are like minded, people that just are looking to get better at what they do so that they can serve those people that they're in charge of serving. And I think the more that we can do that and promote that from the trainer perspective, I think the better off we'll, we'll always be. It's always kind of strange to me the the weird, almost competition-like atmosphere that surrounds a lot of a lot of trainers. Now, I, I get it from a sense, and that you know we want to be really, really good at what we do, and we see what other people are doing, and we may we may dismiss it. But you know, we, the more we the more we operate from this place of scarcity, the the more scarcity you're you're going to bring upon yourself. And I think. My perspective on things is always a little bit different. I don't, I don't really get too far into it. Although I do see some things sometimes, and I want to respond to it, but I don't. And the reason being is, it's, it's not that serious, right? Like, I think a lot of people have been only in the training game, so maybe they haven't been subject to what it's like 
uh, in, a, in, a, in a corporate type setting or a more traditional job type setting. Whereas if, if you were, you may look at what you're doing and I just see all of this is just gravy at this point. You know what I mean? Like I can't ask for anything more than what I'm able to do. Like I get to wake up now and do exactly what I love to do every day of the week. Why would I ever care what anybody else is doing? And I think that that's something that we can all, you know, take with us a bit in terms of, you know, just your definition of happiness is your definition of happiness. And nobody should be able to influence that. Right. And if there are people that are influencing it in a way indirect in an indirect way, you know, maybe you need to take a step back and and realize that, you know, it's we're not here on this earth that long to really be that concerned with it. So, you know uplift others um rather than rather than put them down or try to put yourself on a pedestal because you know what i mean like you you just never know who you're going to have the ability to run across later on in life or or who you have the ability to impact so but yeah, amazing seeing seeing andrew and his wife um really appreciated him coming out and he had his whole notebook and was taking was taking notes uh, also my man dave solano came out and and dave is now teaching teaching shooting there in in the miami florida area and really cool just to see him on his path towards towards teaching, right? And my dog's drinking in the background, so that's perfect. And um, but yeah, I, I got to have a real cool conversation with with Dave at the end. And you know, I I told him I said, look, man, how this Ruby, how this turns out is is going to be one hundred percent up to you. Uh, what you do and uh, and how you communicate with people, you're in complete control. You're in the driver's seat. Do not. I said, do not let anybody else dictate what you're going to do or how you're going to present it. Just be you, be authentically yourself, and and nothing but good things are, are going to happen for you. So it was really cool to see Dave come out. I told Dave, Dave drew. I mean, I guess he drove about an hour and a half, two hours to 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 come to the clinic. And this is somebody who's teaching this stuff, and he didn't just watch it; he participated in it. And I told him, I said, look, man, you don't know how many people. I have so many people even home that at home that will contact me and they'll say, hey, would really like to start to learn what you're doing. Could I shadow you at workouts? And I say, yes, absolutely. Um, this workout is at 5 a.m. And not many people will show up for that. So there's, there's, a certain, there's a certain commitment that goes with it in terms of being able to you know, not just talk to talk, but walk the walk. What are you willing to do in order to learn more and further your ability to, to teach and to understand what it is that you ultimately want to become great at, right? So it was really, really cool two hours there at Kaiser. Um, super appreciative of my time there in Palm Beach and Perseverance for bringing me out. That was a, it was a really, really cool experience. I came back from Palm Beach and within two days I was then turning around. I think, I think it was, yeah, within two days uh, turned around and uh, and then went out to Minnesota for a clinic with Midwest Three on Three and and Pat Freeman helped put it on and, and I can't say enough amazing things about Pat. I mean, uh, from start to finish, just such a such a class act guy, such a class act organization. The facility that they had access to there in Minnesota was absolutely incredible. I remember I got in Sunday night. I got in Sunday. Was it Sunday? I, I, the days run together. I I just know the plane was delayed and by the time I got in. We did a really small. We did a, a small lesson with with two kids, and then bounced right over to one of these monstrous gyms that they have in Minnesota that make no sense, and did a clinic for about 40, 50 kids maybe. And then um, the next two days, uh, we did clinics for a younger group and an, and an older group, and I believe we had about I want to say 70 to 80 kids in, in each group, somewhere somewhere along there. 
and uh, and they had the facilities to do it. So what's amazing is that you know I I, I usually like the the smaller groups, but when you actually have the the ability to put just two kids at a basket while still having seventy kids. I mean, you, you can't ask for anything better than that. And then in addition, the staff with Midwest 3 on 3 was absolutely incredible. They were just, they were perfect. They were engaged with the kids. They were there trying to, uh, you know, take soaking in all of the information that I was presenting and then doing their best to go, you know, teach that same information to the, to the baskets on which I wasn't at. Um, I make it a big point when I'm doing these clinics that I'm always trying to interact with kids. I want every kid to feel seen. And I don't know if that's just like the dad in me, but even before I had my little girl, uh, I would do clinics and, and I'd always prefer a smaller group because I, I want those kids to go home at the end of the day and look their mom and dad in the face and be like, coach saw me today. You know what I mean? Coach helped me with this. Coach told me this. And I think that that's just such a big part of it. It's not, the, the money side of it, um, it doesn't make, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Um, I, I'd rather make less money and have a bigger impact on a kid. And I think that that's the big thing. I'm not just going to stuff the gym full as many people as possible just so I can meet a certain number. It's just not the way I'm going to do it. I think there's enough ways to make money in this world that we can do so without sacrificing the product or sacrificing the the intention behind behind what we're doing. And and that's what that's what we did there. So that was uh, that was inc- that was incredible there the, in terms of the facilities and what they were able to do and still getting to interact with all the kids. And we did. So we did two days and then we did about two and a half hours per group. So about five hours on court per day, which was uh, which was really which was which was a really good time. Uh, after I got back from Minnesota, was home for for one or two, two or more, two or three days maybe, um, and then flew out to to Akron, Ohio, uh, with uh, Nate Brockmeyer brought me out there. And there's a community center opening up there in, in Akron that was just recently purchased. And the whole idea behind doing the clinic was surrounding the um, surrounding helping build up this facility. You know, new lights, whatever have you, whatever this new facility needed. And we did um, three, two, three, two and a half hour sessions, and uh, it was a, it was a long day, but it was a really good day. And again, I can't say enough about these kids and how engaged they are. Two and a half hours of shooting, just strictly shooting, and, and I don't do like games, man. Like that's not that's not my thing. I'm not gonna go in there. We're not playing games. We're not playing. Co- like, it's not a competition. It's a, it's a learning type atmosphere. I only get you for that amount of time, so we're going to make this as learning intensive as possible. And kudos to those kids for being able to do it. Uh, I know for the younger kids, it becomes it comes a little bit difficult. But for the older kids, I can really see them start to lock in and, and watching them go from the beginning of just starting to feel out maybe new positionings or or even new uh, new concepts. And then seeing them start to start to embody it as the day goes on is is really, really cool and speaks to just how incredible kids are in general, right? Like their ability to to never have done something, but then to focus enough on it to the point where as you start to watch them do it, it's almost like they've been doing it a while. And I think that that's, that, that's absolutely awesome. One of my favorite things that happens at clinics is when a kid goes to do something new and I see them just stop in their tracks and they just pause for a couple of seconds and then they eventually do it. And I'll always point it out and I'll be like, hey, what you just did there to me as a teacher means the world because it's letting me know you're here with me, right? Like I know some kids might like, this is difficult to get. This is hard to, 
Of course, right? Every new thing is going to be a little bit difficult. Every new thing is going to be feel a bit unnatural. But watching a kid start to think through it before they do it, almost almost seeing it play out in their heads and then they do it. As a teacher, I couldn't ask for a better thing. And I, I just, I enjoy that so much. I enjoy when kids are challenging themselves. A lot of kids will come up to me and the kids in general at, at clinics, but also subscribers. And they'll be like, oh, this just, this isn't feeling natural yet, but I know it's coming. And, and I have to always kind of, you know, reinforce the idea of that. You know, anytime we're doing something new, it's not going to feel natural. Like that's, that, that's the idea behind it. And the fact that it is feeling unnatural also lets me know that you're in tune with what you're doing. You're doing something a bit differently, right? And eventually we have to, we have to almost think through our process in order to make what, what we're doing now that unconscious, right? So that's why I, I always, you know, I, I subscribe to the idea that thinking while practicing is not a bad thing. We have to think. Um, we have to be conscious about what we're doing before we inevitably reach that level of unconsciousness. So thinking is a really good thing, and it lets me know how engaged you are in terms of trying to acquire a new skill set or an understanding. So if you're somebody that's thinking in practice or in the off season, you're trying to get better, you know, I, I do not see that as a bad thing. And I think I wish we could almost remove that stigma. Now, obviously, when it comes to games, we'd like to be in a position where everything becomes that unconscious competence and we no longer have to think about what we're really doing. But at the same time, we can almost kind of look at it like, well, if I have the ability to think through practice in terms of what I was doing and, and being able to maybe self-analyze makes versus misses, well, then maybe I could even do that in a game. And now you start playing that game within the game of, you know, slowing things down in your head a little bit. Okay, I missed that shot short. Maybe that was a matter of sequencing. Maybe uh, maybe I'm not getting to my two position how I need to get. Maybe I'm not getting under the ball fast enough. Maybe I'm not accelerating through my... You know what I mean? So you can start to develop almost these little mental checklists of what's going on in terms of makes versus misses. And if you could start to apply that you know, real time during games, that could also be extremely valuable. No one's going to know you better than you. So why not go that extra extra mile in terms of really figuring out what it is we're trying to do and then every time you're stepping on that floor you're giving yourself some type of feedback loop that kind of you know accelerates your progress faster right but um i guess i went off on a little bit of a tangent there but but akron was akron was good man akron was a was a, was a really good time and really cool to help do that i actually got a picture from nate later that said uh he sent he was like all the brand new lights that the clinic helped uh produce so um that was that was really cool to see the see the new lights on the court and and it looked good man it looked it looked really good so excited to hear about the future of that community center and you know where 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 they're heading with with everything so that's kind of a re or oh and then and then I did one there was another one so I did another camp after after that um, and I went to Vestal New York uh, which is right outside of Binghamton uh, with Interstate Athletics and we did. Uh, how many clinics did we did three three two-hour clinics that day uh we had a wide range of, of ages the older we had an older group first which i i always love digging into things with the older group you can kind of go a little bit faster um and it was it was it was a really good time man uh just uh just another cool learning opportunity another really cool facility a huge 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 warehouse that's been now converted into a gym and had three full courts in there and it was just you know as a as a basketball player those those places are like are like heaven so was uh was super appreciative of of them of them bringing me out and uh and yeah and that that was the last that was the last clinic that that i've done 
to to date and i believe that one was two weeks ago i think that was two weeks ago but it's been busy man it's been busy but it's 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 been good i think you know the hardest thing for me is i love learning i love taking in new information and with me being go 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 it's sometimes hard to slow down and continue that path of learning that i that i want to do but Still, you know, I don't, I, I don't know the last time I watched TV, um, but you know, at least the the traveling allows me to fit in my my reading, which has been which has been good. Um, the books that I'm reading right now, I'm reading The Singularity is Near, uh, which is which is a super super interesting book. And then, I mean that that feeds off of where I think basketball training is going to go, where I think everything's going to go. In terms of the world of crypto and and the Ethereum and Ethereum and tokenized communities, and I think that there is an untapped potential there that's going to just be insane in the next coming years. So I'm looking forward to continuing to learning about that. If you're if you're interested in that kind of stuff, um, there's a there's a phenomenal podcast out there called The Defiant, all about decentralized finance that can kind of give you a crash course and everything that's going on in the crypto world in DeFi. And what's being done with things like Ethereum and why this is such a revolutionary type thing as it relates to creators. Um, I had uh, tweeted something today about, you know, the world is becoming increasingly more permissionless. Uh, you, you don't need anybody's permission anymore to go do what you want to do and make a living off of it. And things like Ethereum and the ability to fund these programs through these communities that have been built up through the years, you can now take the communities that you're building up via social networking or, or however you've built it uh, and use that to create these tokenized communities in which people are going to have the ability to invest in you. Right. So it's one of those things that as time goes on and if, if, if you can build this community in this new in this new world that's kind of being developed that not many people are, 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 are aware of, um, it's like the better the better that you do, the better that your community does, because um, whether or not you're going to you're going to implement said tokens or not, but those tokens could increase in value. And there's just so many different ways that you can start to play around with it. The idea of the NFTs is is super, super interesting to me. Um, having that unlock some type of, you know, specific access to to content, to the individual, whatever. I mean, there's just there's just so many things out there. And as I grow more fluent in it and understand it more, I'm really looking forward to to diving into that more and more because I think I think that there's some opportunities there that it's going to make life as a teacher that much easier and not so much of a you know maybe maybe not so much of a you have to be on the court all the time to make the impact that you want to make right so I'm finding how important time is. Uh, through all the traveling, through everything that I'm doing, you know, I, 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 I value so much the time spent with my wife and my, and my daughter. And I'm always looking for, a, you know, I'm looking for a way to, to maximize that to the most of, to the most of my ability. And I think that where the world is heading and in that, you know, metaverse type space and everything, I think that that's, that's going to open up. So, like I said, so many opportunities for so many people and it's just beginning. And if you're not up to date on it, or you haven't even begun uh, reading about it or listening listening to it or, or whatever have you, I, I highly I highly suggest you do. Um, I think that um, you know, as, as as a good friend of mine who who kind of turned me on to all this stuff now, um, he he kind of equates it to the beginning to, to to kind of that feeling of what you know it was like when the internet first started and 
there's just this world that so few people know about. And if you can be one of the first into the space, why, why not? So really, really, really interesting stuff there. Um, so that's the singularity is near. And while it's a cool book, it's also an extremely scary book. So moving on from that, I'm also now reading a book called Greatness, which, uh, which another friend has sent me. And uh, it's a very interesting book about a, uh, a type of sports psychologist who has been around some of the top athletes in the world and stories that, that he's, he's sharing and then methods that he's used. And it's a, it's a short book, but it's a, it's a really, really intriguing book. Um, I love the short books. Uh, I've said it on here before, Day to Read, Lifetime to Master. You know, that we, we don't need to read a book that's 400 pages long in order to get the impact on it. Um, just you reading a 100-page book may be something that you could read over and over and over again. And, uh, and, and your, your investment in that will, will eventually compound and, and you'll be able to make something of it in terms of how you apply it to, to your life. I think so often, it's, it's really interesting, the author of that book, Greatness, makes the point that so often we're willing to spend money on very superfluous things, whether that be dinner or you know what, whatever have you, a night out, and, and, and we all enjoy that for sure. But when it comes to actually putting money down towards investing in what uh, our future is or, or, or a way to maybe increase our skill set, we're hesitant to do so. Uh, and it's, it's so interesting that there's books out, and I've said this before, but there's books out there that you can buy right now for, for $14.99 that could end up making you six figures within a year, right? As long as you just take that book, take the information, use the information and apply it to your unique scenario, there's nothing that says that that book can't help spark that for you. And then now you're looking at an ROI that's completely out of this world, right? There's no real ROI on a, on a night out, although it's, it's very important. But we need to be more, and I got to do a better job at this too, of, of getting players and coaches and, and other trainers to understand that investing in, in who they are and what they want to become should, should almost come first and foremost in everything we do because our investment in ourselves is only going to result in an investment in others. And that's something that we, you know, the more we're, the, the more we take in, the more we can then give out and then we can just keep continuing that loop. And then everything just gets better from the relationships we have to the, to the content that we're teaching, all that kind of stuff. It's just that, that consistent and everlasting pursuit of, of learning is what's always going to carry us to the top of what we do. And when I say the top, I know I'm not, I'm not saying in a, in a one, two, three, first, second, third place uh, type thing, but, but to, to the top of our abilities personally as a human being. We're all running different races. No one has the same exact upbringing as anybody else. So the, the idea of even competing with somebody on, on a certain, in a certain field, or it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, man. None, none of us are going through what other people are going through, but we can 100% control you know, what we're doing to better ourselves as human beings and, and how we can then you know, kind of influence others to, to do the same, right? So that's, uh, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm reading at the moment. Um, and I've, and I, and I've, you know, I've, I've really been in, in enjoying it. I've also been in the midst of, of writing, uh, two ebooks. So the one ebook that I'm, that I'm finishing up is an ebook that I did in, uh, connection with, uh, with, uh, my man, Matt, Matt Montgomery out in Utah, um, and he's uh, he he helped with an amazing photo shoot out there and, and video shoot for everything for this ebook, and so that will be look. I'm looking to have that done by the end of the month, which is a pretty. It's more so of an all, overall, you know, all encompassing view of shooting, 
Um, if anybody is familiar with my eight-week ground-up program, it's, it's kind of like that, but uh, on steroids, I guess, in terms of the content that's being presented within it. And then, obviously, in a long-form long type way with the ebook. Um, the second, the second book that I'm working on and finishing up, and I have all the content done for it, and 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 uh, beginning to to finish the the writing portion is is what I'm calling the seven day guide hand diet. And the reason that I decided to do that was just because you know the more the more people I get in front of both both virtually um, and physically, you know, at the camps that I do and the the individual training sessions I have, and then obviously all everybody within the subscription. Uh, with younger players, especially, and then it usually, it, you know, it seeps over until they get older. I, I see consistent problems with the guide hand and the misunderstanding of what goes on with it. And you know, it's it's one of those things that I think if you would have approached me with this topic in 2016, I, I would have been so ignorant to everything that happens with that guide hand and with the shooting hand that I probably would have dismissed it and, and said, you know, just shoot, you know, you just shoot it, you just shoot it, right? <laughs> That's always the answer. You, hey, man, just shoot it. Um, but when people are paying you money to fix what they're doing because they're not seeing results, uh, just giving them the answer to just shoot the ball isn't always going to be what has them coming back or what has them, even more importantly, telling other people about you. You know, Our job as a teacher really shouldn't be to keep people as long as possible. Our job as a teacher should be to give them the tools necessary to succeed and then have them go on their way to either do it themselves, teach others, or maybe bring in possible, you know, more people that need help to you, right? But, you know, our job isn't, our job shouldn't be to just have a person forever and ever and ever. Um, if that's the, if that's the thing, if that's what we're trying to do, you know, how, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see teaching that way, especially shooting. I don't see shooting that way. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm building out this programming and, and what I started doing was I started implementing these techniques um, within within the understanding of the guide hand with a variety of players that I've been working with on a one-on-one basis. And I started to have the ideas about it in terms of what I wanted to do. I was watching a lot of great shooters. Um, I, would, I would think about my process through it. The thing, with ha- the thing with being able to shoot is that oftentimes we, you know, we, we, like to, uh, we like to think that we would want somebody teaching us to shoot the basketball that knows how to shoot the basketball. And I think there is a, an extreme benefit of that. But at the same time, just because someone can shoot the basketball well does not necessarily indicate they have the ability to teach it or that they even know what they're doing, right? Um, so, you know, the, the, the more I do things, the more I think about what I do, and then I'm, I'm trying to figure out why I do it and things that I've done naturally without really any teaching points. But, you know, the, the guide hand to me, if it, it becomes largely about the ability to relieve pressure. And what I often see is, is an overcorrection of the guide hand. So, what I mean by that is a lot of times when a player is younger, they usually use the influence of both hands in order to create enough power to get the ball to the basket. It makes sense, right? Like they're, they're trying their best to, to do so. Obviously, at a young age, if we can get them pushing through the ball with one hand, that's going to be extremely beneficial, but it's not always realistic. Uh, you're not going to be able to intercept the habits of every kid early on, although the better the teaching gets and the more information that's out there, this is definitely within the realm of possibility. But I'm just looking at I'm you know I'm looking at everything that I'm seeing and, and the biggest thing I, I would see is, is the overcorrection. And what I mean by that is, you know, somewhere along the line, somebody gets in a kid's ear in, in for for the right reasons in terms of being, hey, this needs to be primarily a one hand shot. You know, the more we can just get the shooting hand pushing through the middle of the basketball, the better chances we're going to have of making that ball go straight and stay online with our target. And it makes complete sense, right? It makes complete sense. 
And so if you take somebody that was struggling with the guide hand interference, there's going to be a million things thrown at them from uh, put a quarter in your hand to hold this board to, you know, whatever, whatever have you, man. There's so many things out there that are um, in additions to uh, the actual shooting process. And I get approached with a lot of them. Like, what do you think of this? Like in terms of guide hand removal, da, da, da. And, you know, if, if any of them worked, we probably, they'd probably be stopped being made. Um, I don't think they work. I really, I really don't. I think most of them are very gimmicky. And I think a lot of times you have people behind them that don't necessarily dig deep down into the, the, the idea of, of really teaching. It seems like more of a money play to me, which is fine, man. Get your money. I get it. Um, but I wish that, you know, you can't just hand somebody a tool and then expect them to understand the ins and outs of, of, of how, how things work. So what I often see is an overcorrection. So what I mean by that is players start to get so enamored with the idea of shooting a one-hand shot, which they should, that what ends up happening is that guide hand comes off the ball way too early in the process. And as a result, you know, what have, what it can end up happening is, you know, I have a lot of players that say, well, it feels like the ball's coming off my uh, different fingers every time, or I feel like I don't have as much power, or I feel like I don't have as much control. And all these are, contri- are in contribution to the idea of that guide hand coming off the ball a little bit too early. Now, I do understand there is reason and time for doing so, um, especially when you're trying to isolate a habit. But as we start to understand how that ball's supposed to move, and as we start to understand the the kind of the roles of both the shooting hand and the guide hand, what starts to become important is the idea of relieving pressure, but not to the point where we're relieving it way too early. And it, it, it starts to really piece together and make sense the more that you start to work with players with it, as they start to get a feel for what it's like to be able to relieve pressure with not removing the guide hand too early. And I've now developed almost like a systematic process of going through it in which I've had players um, I've had I've had players and I, I don't mean this. I'm not saying this like for a shock value type thing for all six people listening. Um, I have players now uh, that I've worked with that are, are very, very new to the game. Right. Very, very, very green. And um, what I've been doing with them is implementing this process and have them I, literally within two hours, I can get them shooting what looks like a pretty, pretty jump shot. Now, the you know, now they're not going to leave and all of a sudden that's that's ingrained, right? The thing with the thing with it is I will get a few reps out of them that are going to look incredible. Now that's with people that have never done it. And then I've done it with people that are more established and I, the same the same thing. And I think a lot of it just comes through the understanding, the creation of energy, what the roles of the hands are, and how we go about this this kind of methodical process about introducing the guide hand in a way where it joins the party, man. Let that guide hand join the party. We The guide hand doesn't want to bail out too early. Don't let the guide hand Irish goodbye. Have the guide hand stay for the for the for the entire party and good things will happen. But I have to say that through writing these things, man, it's, it's it kind of opened up your mind from a creative standpoint. I feel like just the wavelength that you're on just becomes becomes different. And it's it's a really, really, really cool thing. So I guess even if it sells two copies, uh, I think at the end of the day, it still will do enough mentally for me to, to make me 
continue to, to want to do this. I already have the title for the next book, uh, which I'm really excited to share. I've, sh I've shared with some of my subscribers, but um, the idea is just to keep doing it, you know, do a series of them. Maybe I'll do three or four of them and then, and then we'll call it a day from there and then continue on with the programming. But I, I love the idea of the longer form type stuff. I think it's unique in a way. Um, I love, you know, you know, I think social media is in, in incredible. It's one of those, one of those tools that's absolutely awesome in terms of starting to build community and starting to build, you know, you know, that kind of social, status in terms of you know people being aware of what you're doing and who you are but i think it's the long-term content at the end of the day the things that have real substance that's eventually going to stick and continue to further the careers of, of those that want their careers furthered right so that's kind of just what i've been doing um that's a brief glimpse into my idea of, of what's going on with the guide hand i i uh i hope that you know I hope that everybody's still on board with the podcast. We will get video here. We are going to do video today, Brandon and I, but um, schedules didn't exactly match up, and it was more, it was more so my fault. I didn't uh, I didn't text him back until late, and he had to get a haircut, so it couldn't it couldn't it couldn't happen. But next time, next time there 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 will for sure be video. I think what I'm going to do next time, and I'll probably put this out on on Instagram, is I'll, I'll ask for a Q and A, and we'll do a more so of a Q and A type podcast where we'll dive into. A bunch of shooting questions that people have and, and try to you know try to sift through the most common ones and, and and get those questions answered for you so you know with that being said um again i can't thank everybody enough uh within the subscription that's uh that's been part of it uh always trying to get better at, at what i'm doing there and uh, i'm looking forward to the continual growth of that in terms of helping people in a one-on-one in -on -one type atmosphere it's been amazing getting in front of kids physically um, and I, as, as much as I wish I could do that everywhere, um, it's just not possible. So the idea that I can actually impact somebody in a, um, in a, in a virtual way in which we still develop that kind of relationship is really cool. I've also had, man, I've, I've had now, I think four subscribers come out this summer that have, that have flown out and we've gotten some work in. So that's been incredible. It's just been really cool to develop those relationships. And, you know, I, I think, you know, in the beginning, I, I was under the impression that, that teaching was largely an X's and O's. This is how you do this. This is how you do that type thing. But it becomes so much more than that, man. There's so many there's so many players out there that that are, are looking both for the direction and that, but the maybe just the life direction, too. And I'm not saying I have it figured out. I don't. But I think that when you have somebody that's maybe been through things that you're going through and you have the ability to bounce ideas off them or or even things that I can recommend to them that, you know, hey, man, when I was your age, I wish I was doing this. I feel like I have players now that whatever they decide to do in life are going to be so wildly successful. It's going to be um, maybe a surprise to them, but not a surprise to me because the, the path that they're on at 18, 19, 20 years old, um, I could only dream of being on at that age. I was just, uh, I was not on that. I was not on that path for sure. And the information that they're taking in, and I, I know that it can be overwhelming with what's out there. But you know, there there are the the classic things that have been written and that are are proven to work. That if you start to get a head start on that kind of stuff, and obviously I'm talking off the basketball floor now. I mean, I just think that your potential in terms of what you're going to be able to accomplish is going to set you up just so far ahead of your peers. It's going to be ridiculous. And I do think that that will run into the basketball court as well. So uh, I appreciate you all. I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, I'm recording this podcast on Tuesday, August 24th. So there's still there's still a good bit of the uh, of the week left. But um, I hope everybody's doing well. 
if you're a, if you're a younger player or or even a college player or actually even an overseas player, I know everything's getting back to to you, you know, getting the season up and running. So exciting times for sure. I have to say it's interesting. I have a lot of players within the subscription. They're like, oh, those schools, schools, uh, schools here. So I have to drop off the subscription, and I completely get it. Um, and then I have my professional players that uh, are like, hey, the season's starting up. I'd like to ramp this up, right? So they're 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 more involved in let's keep this going throughout the season so that you know the results stay, the results stay. And I think that's a common that's a common misconception is that the work stops. The individual skill work stops when the season starts, and it's it's more so. It's more so the opposite in in terms of, you know, just because the season starts, it's it's very rare that teams and coaches find the individual uh, skill building sessions within within the allotted time that they have. So everything falls on you in terms of being able to continue the progress that you're making, and it all depends on how great you want to be at it, right? If you really really want to be solid at what you do and good at what you do. Um, just because the season starts doesn't necessarily mean that the work itself in terms of you progressing and getting better stops. So just something to think about um, as uh, as you head into the season and you're 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 embarking upon the uh, the next chapter of your basketball journey. So that is it for this one. I have no idea what episode this is, but it is what it, it, it's done. It, it is done. As Neville Goddard says, it is done. Um, I appreciate you all for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you for listening to me ramble. I'm not sure I took a breath this entire podcast, which which might be a little bit impressive. I'm not sure. Um, and then aside from from Ruby, my dog drinking out of the water bowl, pretty pretty uninterrupted podcast. So I'm out of here. As always, keep shooting, and thank you for listening. <laughs>